Hey guys, thanks for hopping on to this week's episode of the Let's Talk Tenkara podcast. I'm Brendan Harden, and I'm joined today by Dre, and I'm going to butcher your name even though we just went over it, Bornacero. You got it, brother. Perfect. All right, Dre, thank you so much for joining me. Um, you are in Iowa, we were just talking, and you mentioned you've lived a little bit of everywhere. Uh, what made you decide that Iowa was home? Iowa's awesome by the way. It's got some of the best fishing on the planet. I mean, aside from the saltwater stuff, but in the country, like, for sure. Um, my wife's from Iowa, so that's probably the biggest reason. Okay. Um, and I just keep coming back here, man. It's it's a really killer fishery. Killer fishery. Good. No, I, I haven't made my way out there yet. I do plan on hopefully making it over there eventually, but... You're uh, welcome, but if anybody else asks, tell them the fishing sucks. <laughs> I can definitely do that. Anyone listening to that, just remember the fishing sucks in Iowa. <laughs> yes, there's no trout here. The smallmouth are super tiny. Uh, <laughs> the carp fishing is really, really bad. Like, you shouldn't come here. No, absolutely horrible. So, Gray, let's, let's get into things a little bit. How did you get started in Tenkara fishing? So, I western fly fish for a little while and kind of hated... So I started in Colorado is when I started kind of fly fishing pretty heavily. And I sort of hated all the guys that did it. Okay. They're like, you know, the like PT cruiser with a snorkel on it that, you know, never, never sees a day of dirt. You know, they're, you know, it's just, and I just didn't like the people. And it, it just, it was, I'm good at it because I still do it, but like, it's overly complicated, like completely overly complicated. Like fish are not that smart, you know. I don't disagree with you there. <laughs> and I, um, you know, I got a, I got a, like most of us, I got a TUSA rod, and uh, started fishing for trout, and the, you know, on high gradient stuff in Colorado, and kind of fell in love with it. It's, you know, just it's, it was just kind of an aha moment, and. I kept it up and kind of bounced back and forth a little bit because I guide too. So, and most of my clients are all Western guys, so or and gals. So, I kind of have to keep those skills up as well. Right. Um, but mainly, like, there's. I was thinking about this earlier because I kind of figured you'd ask me. You know, kind of. I'm trying to think. Like, mainly, I think I only fished. I the only time I don't fish Tenkara, like almost exclusively is like really early season, like just after ice out pond fishing because the fish are, you know what I mean? I'm like double hauling 60 feet to, you know, to catch like a, you know, a six inch crappie, you know what I mean? Like they're just so deep. But other than that, man, I mean, that's really, I mean, kind of how I got started just, you know, high gradient streams and, you know, in Colorado, just trying to avoid people and, Fishing in plain sight, too, was kind of fun, too, because I, a lot of guys up there will just sort of hike into the middle of nowhere, but everyone's hiking in the middle of nowhere. Right. But like, the best fishing I ever had in Colorado was, like, literally in town, in Golden, because nobody would fish there, because it doesn't look like the river runs through it. And the Tankara rod for, like, little stuff like that, like, picking apart pocket water and stuff like that, it's just, it's the best tool for the job, like, by far. Absolutely. No, I've got a few fisheries just a few minutes up the road from me that are the same way. People just walk past them. And I was actually up one last year, and this guy walked by, and he's like, I don't think there's any fish in here. And I'm like, nope, no fish in here. I haven't yep. seen one. Yep. 
I my answer is usually, oh, I didn't think there was any fish in there. I'm like, all kinds, man. Like generally, anywhere you see water, for the most part, there's probably fish in there. Absolutely, and it's crazy how many people don't realize that. And they like these little canals and stuff that run through the big cities and things like that. People just look at them and they're like, oh, it's just a canal. Like that's it. It dries up for half the year. Well, the half of the year that there's water in it, there's probably fish in there. <laughs> big fish, in Colorado man, downtown Golden, 18-inch brown, sip to dry. Never came even close to anything that big. I mean, I didn't fish like Deckers and Cheeseman all that much just because it was nigh impossible. And that's not really why I fly fish yeah. to, you know, close to all those people. But um, yeah, man, it was, yeah. I mean, fish in plain sight. Like that's my, you know, fish out your back door, fish, fish wherever, you know, you don't have to you know, I have, I work for a fly shop now and I guide. So I do a lot of like, there's this fly shop sponsors a lot of trips. Like the owners in Belize right now, they're fishing for bones and baby tarpon and stuff. And that's super cool. But like, not everyone can pony up like 10 grand to go fishing. I definitely get that. <laughs> you know, just go somewhere, get, you know, I, I, on a four weight, a, you know, an eight inch bluegill is like the best fight you're ever going to have. Or on a, you know, on a 10 car rod, like, you know, I mean, I, yeah, so. So, you got started while you were in Colorado. How long ago would you say that was when you started? Uh, it's about 10, going on 10 years or so. Okay. So, yeah. you're one of, the, one of the OGs to the 10 car in the States then. I'm, I'm, I'm a little OG. I mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like Mike Agnetta OG, but I'm like pretty close to OG, like. Most people that I talked to at, when I started doing it had never heard of it and thought it was just fancy cane pole fishing. And that's, in fact, that's how I talk to all my gear friends. They go, you know, they go, I'll shoot them a picture of some fish I caught and they go, oh, what'd you catch it on? And I said, I, I give them one of two answers. If it's the 10 car rod, I say my fancy cane pole. And if it's my Western rod, I tell them it's my fancy whippy stick. Oh, there you go. For those of you that don't know, uh, 10 years ago is pretty early in the Tenkara scene in the U.S. Tenkara didn't really make its way to the U.S. until 2009. And so it's still fairly new over here. It is growing very fast, which is great to see. And what I hope to help people realize is there's more ways to catch fish and it doesn't have to be complicated. At all. At all. <laughs> so when you did start getting into Tenkara, when did you feel like you were starting to finally figure it out? Like immediately? Like immediately. It's, yeah, it doesn't take much. It doesn't at all. It's just, it's so ridiculously intuitive. Like most of the people that I turn on to it, turn on, turn it on or, you know, get them into Tenkara, they are... A lot of times that they're Western guys and gals that are are fishing with me while I'm fishing Tenkara and they're just like, I don't get it. Like, how are you doubling me up on fish? Like, how are you doing? I'm like, dude, it, because this is ridiculously intuitive and it's super simple, but it's also extremely complicated at the same time. You know, like it's, it, it, it's, it's, it, you can make it as complicated as you want or as easy as you want. I mean, you're probably going to catch just as much fish just getting the fly wet as you would, like, 
you know, like, I mean, I geek out on it, right? Like, I'm trying to anchor my flies and, like, fish deep pools with unweighted, you know, I'm trying to do all this stuff. But the reality is, man, half the time I just get the fly wet and the fish eats it. It looks like everything they eat. It's the most suggestive pattern ever, any kind of kabari, you know, especially if it's in that, you know, I don't actually even really fish flies that are that small, to be honest with you. I mean, I fished all last winter with like, I think the smallest fly that I fit, the smallest kabari I fished was like a 14. And, and it was basically the same pattern. And that's what's really cool about it. Cause that's, that's what attracted me to fly fishing to begin with was the reading the water, right? Like when you're spin fishing, man, you're just covering water. You bomb a cast out there 130 feet or whatever it is. And you just motor that thing back and you're, you're putting that lure in front of every fish that lives, you know, and Tankara is way, I mean, that the reading of the water is really kind of my geek and, and Tankara is the perfect tool for that. Absolutely. And no, like you said, you catch more fish doing it, which when I first started, it was just like, how? It doesn't make sense. But if your fly is in the water more, you're going to catch more fish. Right. And less of your line is in the water, which spooks yeah. way less fish. Exactly. It's funny because when I go back to, when I, because I switch back and forth, you know, um, and when I go back to fishing my Western rod, man, I'm like, baffled because i for the first like 10 minutes i line every fish that exists because it's just not anything that i need to think about when i'm tankara fishing because literally almost the only thing in the water is the fly is the kabari that's it so you know so you've mentioned kabari a few times is that your go-to fly then is the kabari yes and no is the answer to that question all right so I love to tie. If anybody follows any of the stuff I do, I mean, I was tying right before this. Beautiful flies. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. But I, oh, I said, did I send? I sent you some too, didn't I, or no? No, I, I was in the running for some, but I wasn't the one that got them, unfortunately. All right. Well, shoot me your address after this, and I'll send you a box of whatever you want. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so I love to tie. So I tie all sorts of stuff. Like I'm right now, I'm tying these like giant size two woolly buggers with cone heads on big long you know 4x long streamer hooks like so but for the most part like for trout especially um i really only fish basically a june that's about it all the other stuff i fish is basically just for fun it's just like oh will it eat it well yeah it will but it's just a kind of it's for me it has nothing to do with the fish whatsoever right so like last winter so right now if my tankara box is basically like two patterns in two sizes in two colors and one of them's weighted and that's it um yeah that's pretty much all i do i mean my western box is is you know is a is a cornucopia of all sorts of stuff but and i do fish western flies with tankara a fair amount especially when i'm targeting non-traditional species um but yeah, I mean, for the most part, man, I mean, I, I fish a, a June wet fly, whatever you want to call it this week, you know, that's basically what I do. And all the other stuff I tie is just for me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your online stuff that we've got going on. You started uh, on Facebook and now Instagram, New School Tenkara. Talk to me about New School Tenkara a little bit. 
All right. So new school is basic new school Tenkara. It's basically a form. So when I started kind of like plugging into the community of Tenkara, there's so many like elitist Tenkara, like it can only be high gradient, wet, you know, unweighted flies, blah, 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 blah. And that's not what I do most of the time. Like, Trout fishing for me is four hours away. I mean, I'm moving up the up to kind of the driftless area. So, I mean, it'll be every day, but, and I don't just enjoy fishing for trout, like at all. I don't want to be a one species guy. So basically new school became a place where I could talk about what I was doing with a Tenkara rod, which not a lot of people are doing. You know what I mean? There's a fair amount of people out there that are targeting panfish with them and small bass and stuff. But, like, there's not a ton of people that are catching pike and gar and, you know, all the rough fish, carp, buffalo on a Tenkara rod, which I think is a shame because it's the best sight fishing tool ever. Absolutely. Ever. Like, no question. No question. Um, so that's kind of what it was. And it was just a place for people to go where they didn't have to deal with, you know, the two point, you know, the 2.0 level line dudes who you know say they only fish on weighted flies which if you ever watch i mean i don't know about you man but i consume massive amounts of youtube um about tankara in particular and every one of those japanese guys man has a weighted fly in their box every yeah. one of them you know that's one of the things i as i was getting into tankara And I, mean, I caught a lot of fish, but I found out that as I, you know, took some of, I, I Western fly fish for 14 and a half years before I started Tenkara. Mm -hmm. And I found out that as I used some of those flies, all of a sudden I was catching more fish. And, you know, some of that, like you said, you throw on a weighted fly and you get down a little bit deeper and that's what it takes to get into fish sometimes. Yeah. But one of the things that it took me a little while to figure out was, in some of the articles I was reading, uh, I forget who it was, but they went uh, to Japan and they were fishing with some of the guys over there and they were talking about how, yeah, you end up with a few guys that they're only going to use 10 or Kabari style flies like you're running to some of them over here. But a lot of the people that are fishing over there are just using what works just like a lot of us are. Well, and that's the thing that everybody that that I think a lot of people don't understand is that like Tenkara to the Japanese, it's just fishing. Mm -hmm. The reason why the reason why there's you know there's these specific fly patterns is because these guys are fishing the exact same water all the time for the exact same fish. Like so if you want to target I mean, they're fishing water, man. I mean, you've seen the videos of what these guys are doing. There's some water like that in Colorado, but like, dude, these fish are in super skinny water. It's yeah. crystal clear. They have no choice but to look up. That's all they're doing. There's no fear of predation whatsoever. Like, of course, they're going to be taking unweighted flies off the surface with abandon, obviously. Yeah. You know, now me, on the other hand, I live in the driftless where the water doesn't move it's really clear it's out in the open and there's eagles everywhere 
<laughs> you know, so like they're not always going to do that. You know, they're not always going to eat an unweighted fly that's, you know, drifting six inches under the surface. Or if you're, you know, you manage to get it in the head of a riffle and plunge it into a pool like these. I mean, yeah, they just use what works. Now, yeah. obviously, depending on the rod, some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. Right. Like it's, you know, like my Japanese rods, there is no way that I can fish anything other than level line. And a very, at the most, like a very lightly weighted fly. Because they're, you know, they're like 5-5 five, five action. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, absolutely. And I found that out. I have a Nissan rod. And um, when I got it this last December, I didn't realize how soft of a rod it was. And so I went out with a blowtorch thinking I was going to sling that around and found out on the first cast that wasn't happening. Nope. You can do it. You can. If, if you if you're good at tuck casting and you know like you're really good at line manipulation, you can kind of do it. But man, when you do it wrong, it just like it about jerks the rod out of your hand. I mean that, yeah. it, that it was such a jerky feeling that it just it wasn't natural. And that's part of what got me into Tenkara is just like you said earlier, it's intuitive. It's natural right. feeling. Right. And new school is not in what what I'm doing in there is not meant to be intuitive and it's it's more of just like this is what you can do if you really want to because you fish a bunch of Rubens rods too right I do yes yeah and do really that all those rods they don't cast level line I mean I love Ruben to death and I have like six of his rods they cast level line like horribly <laughs> horribly the baby Rodzilla does, I can cast, I cast level line with the baby Rodzilla. The middle fork does it a little bit, but like the T-Hunter man, holy moly. But that's like my go-to warm water rod. Right. I landed like 20 pound carp on that thing. Gar, I mean, all sorts of stuff. And it's perfect for that, you know? So for that, I run like the ten, the Tenkara Rod Company crossbreed, like an 18 foot line. Right. And, dude, that thing is like deadly deadly while we're on the uh, topic of wasatch tenkara's rods um i'm going to bring up a rod that i got to try a couple weeks ago and that is the phoenix rising i'm sure you've seen a little bit about it i have and for anyone that is thinking about getting that rod don't think about it just do it yeah it looks pretty sweet man and that was my beef with the with the Rodzilla when it first came out. Was man, if you that handle was tiny, mm -hmm. tiny, 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 and the rod is like ridiculously awesome. But man, you have to be like, you have to be like the like a strong man to cast that thing one handed for more than ten minutes. Yeah, and that was I fished the Phoenix Rising, and then immediately afterwards I fished Rodzilla again just to get like remind myself what that rod felt like and i would take phoenix rising which you know is what four feet longer than uh rodzilla i would fish that rod over rodzilla any day because of that spade grip that it has it's just so comfortable and if you're fishing somewhere where you're not just casting every couple seconds because it's still water very slow moving water you just kind of rest it on your leg and you hold on to the upper grip, and it's just comfortable. 
I mean, for sure. I mean, one of the things that I love about Rodzilla is that it's the only rod that I've ever, Tenkara rod that I've ever fished that I can push the butt into it, the butt towards the fish, and it'll turn anything. Yeah. It will turn any fish. The rest of the stuff, you have to, like, if you're fishing for carp, man, and you get something decent on there, if you don't turn that rod over and get on side pressure immediately, you're going to get railroaded, like, but quick. Oh, yeah. You know, so that was one of the things I really loved about Rodzilla. Unfortunately, it's just so heavy. So having that extra handle, like I'm, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take mine and I'm going to put like some like bike, you know, like handlebar tape on the top of it. So I can use it two handed more comfortably. Yeah. It's super fun rod to fish, man. Oh, absolutely. And the fish that you're catching with it are something that you can't do on any other rod, obviously. Um, the Phoenix Rising, like the I hooked into three fish on it, um, a couple about 12-inch trout, and then one 16-inch trout. And that 16-inch trout felt like a 3-inch trout on the T-Hunter. I mean, it just pulled it right in. There was no fight to it at all. And that's what I like for carp is I like for me, it's getting the carp to eat. You know what I mean? So like as soon as that thing eats and I've got it on, I want that over as soon as humanly possible. I don't want to sit there and like, cause I mean, I, you, I'm sure you fish for them, dude. Like if you give them 30 seconds to rest, then you start the whole process over yep. again. You know, uh, generally when I carp fish, I'm going to let them fight me until they get that to that point where they need to rest and then i'm pulling that sucker in as fast as i possibly can yep absolutely absolutely um but yeah man i mean i think those i mean i i love ruben's rods for what they are and i love all the other rods that i fish for what they are like i it, it's kind of a bummer that more people aren't fishing them because i think it would be they're they cast furled line beautifully you know, and even heavier level line, I think they cast pretty well. Yeah, that's I was going to make that comment is you mentioned level line with them earlier. I do personally all of Ruben's rods. I fish a level line. I just the smallest level line I'm using if I'm using a Wasatch rod is going to be a 3.5. Right, right, exactly. You know, but like I it's like the every man's rod, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the person who it's like the perfect person it's perfect for the person who's like i just want to go fishing yeah you know i mean i remember when rodzilla came out dude there was that guy that was bait fishing with it and caught what like a 20 pound catfish or something yeah. head catfish yeah dude like i mean and that's awesome because a lot of people i think what happens to them too especially with the tusa rods and well just the you know the lighter more kind of japanesey type rods what happens is they, they break it or they jam a section and then they're like, this is done. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't get, it, it, it feeds into their, to what their preconceived notion is, is that a Tenkara rod is really frail and weak, which is obviously we both know not the truth. Absolutely. But, go ahead. No, oh, um, I was just, you know, on that note, I mean, if I thought that a Tenkara rod was weak, I wasn't, I, next month I'm going to target Sturgeon on the Phoenix Rising. So that's sweet. I, I wouldn't do that if a Tenkara rod was weak. <laughs> that's, that's big fish like that are kind of like, I kind of really like 
fishing Tankara for big stuff. It's it's really fun. And I got to tell you, man, even the like 12 foot rods, you know, the Amagos and the, you know, and the, and the, those rods handle really big fish. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I caught, I caught a 23 inch Brown on the Samurai. And that's like the closest to a six, four action rod that he had at that time. It was pretty soft. And I in like, I want to say it was in one of the shorter modes too, which I found a lot. Like when you fish his zoom rods, do you find that they fish the best in like the middle? If it's like a triple zoom? Yeah. So what I've noticed with, I mean, every rod I have except for one that I actually fish. I mean, I've got a couple cheapos off of Amazon that I don't touch, but um, every zoom rod I have, I've found that the middle section is normally the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get into that shorter section and it'll cast all right, but it's a little bit stiffer there. You get into that longer section and it just changes the balance just enough that you're going to feel it. Yep. That middle section seems to be the sweet spot with pretty much any zoom rod, at least in my experience. The only, the only rod that I have that I like fishing in the shortest length is that when I can get away with it is the T hunter. For I what, with you on that. For whatever reason, that 12 foot length in the T hunter is money. It's so easy to cast, you know, and I just, I love that rod, man. I can't even tell you how many big angry fish have been through that rod. Oh yeah. Um, I, I will remedy something I said a little bit ago. Every rod except for Darth Quattro that is made by Wasatch. I fish with a 3.5. Darth Quattro, I'm using like a two or a one and a half if I can find a one and a half because mm-hmm. it's just such a soft rod. I got it in the 6.4. I didn't go down to the 5.4 even. And it's just such a soft rod that you go heavier than that with the level line and you're wishing you had not close to that. Right. But, I mean, I've got. Oh, no, you're good. I mean, I fish a like I fish a three five and a three zero pretty much exclusively. It's windy up here, man. Like, and I'm, I just, I don't feel the need to go any lighter. That's really what it is. I could, and I have like tried it out, but it, I don't see the benefit really. No, and that's the same with. Uh, I'm in Utah, obviously, and Utah, it's just windy so often that if you go smaller than a three five, you're getting blown off of the water half of the time yeah i mean and i i mean i you know like if you have a sakasa on and the wind is up you can kind of sail it a little bit and that's sort of cool but like in reality like that's more for us than the fish like i don't think that you know when you start integrating kind of like the wind into your presentation that you're really getting all that you're not you're not you're you're not putting it in front of fish like at all you know but yeah i'm I'm right there with you i mean it it doesn't make that big of difference your presentation is like to a point when you're fishing your presentation matters when it's in the water but what happens when you're flipping your line around getting it to the water isn't going to affect things that much The only time I've had the wind be my friend is if it just so happened that 
the wind was like allowing me to lay the fly on the water. So, like if it was at my back and I was, you know, casting, you know what I mean? Like I can kind of like, you know, you can, you know how you've done it. You just kind of like reach cast a little bit and it just kind of flops. Yeah. And when that, that time that, that helps sometimes, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's just like, I mean, it's, it's like your own thing, right? Like, Oh my God. Like, the wind is not your friend in this situation, which is another thing that completely baffles me about these Euro guys that just hate Tankara. And it's I the perfect tool for the job. It is the perfect tool for tight line. Nymphing. The perfect tool. In fact, Rob Worthing basically started that fixed line company with his buddy, the river works or whatever for that exact purpose. Yeah. I, I've decided, I, I was talking about this the other day online, I was like, I've decided that what it is, is that they refuse to admit that for like a maximum of $400, they could get a better tool than their like $2,000 Euro rig that they have. Have you seen, um, speaking of Euro nymphing, have you seen the little spools that they're making now to put on the handle instead of a reel? It's just like a little spot to wind their line up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how much closer to Tenkara can you get without, without yeah, without buying a Tenkara rod? <laughs> right. And it's more sensitive. It is. Dude, that River Peak rod that I have, that Kiwami 33, holy cow, man. If I've got like, if I've got a Sakasa on there that's pretty fluffy, I can feel the microcurrents pushing that fly around like subsurface. That's insane. It's nuts, dude. It's nuts. I just, I, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, people are just like, well, you know, what's I mean, like today I was pan fishing. I had a little woolly bugger on, you know, it's it, here. Everything's starting to bed right now. And it's like the time of year when they bed, but there's nothing for them to guard. So as soon as somebody comes up to the bank, they're just like out of there. Yeah. So I had this tiny little woolly bugger on and I didn't feel like changing my fly. So I just skated the thing across the surface with, you know, because I've got all that reach and the line short and you can run the fly any which way you want. Any fly. It's, it's crazy. You know, speaking of different rods and things like that, how many rods do you have? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 or 13, I think. Okay. I think I'm sitting right at 10 right now. Um, I'm getting one for my wife. I'm going to pick up a samurai probably next month. That rod is sweet, dude. That rod is super sweet. <clears throat> yeah, it's... I fished it for the first time the same day I fished the Phoenix Rising. And it's a, it's a very nice rod. I will gladly get one of those for my wife and let her because she's not into fishing really but she gets bored with it and so i think this is going to be the gateway to be like look you don't have to be bored when you're fishing <laughs> right my wife is the most beautiful tankara caster you'd ever see she she can cast a tankara rod like like she would give oni a run for her money run for his money but she hates catching fish really yes so she, her thing is she would sit there creekside and cast all day long if only it meant that she wouldn't actually catch anything. When she catches a fish, she's like, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, she's done. She's done. 
So just uh, start cutting the bend off of all of her hooks. So she's just <laughs> casting the upper part of the fly. Right. She still get bites and try to set the hook, but she ain't landing anything. <laughs> My luck, man, she'd have some like monster or something come up and just gut hook her. <laughs> just swallow the whole thing or whatever. But yeah, I mean... Is if there's no actual hook on there, you could just pull it out if you need to. <laughs> Well, the other thing about Tankara, too, is it's so cheap to fix, man. Mm-hmm. I'm a breaker of rods, dude. I have four broken Western rods sitting in my house right now. I break not as many Tankara rods, actually. I actually break them less often. That's, um, I was going to say, I when I was Western fly fishing, I actually, similar, I have two broken Western rods in my storage unit. And I've not broke a single Tankara rod, and I've been doing it for almost five years now. The only time I've broken Tankara rods is if I wasn't paying attention when I was walking through the ro- the woods and I just, like, slammed the tip into a tree. Um, I've done that, like, twice. I broke one on a fish, but it was kind of like a fluke. And then the other thing I do is because I, since, since I run, like, tippet that's, like, way not rated for the rod, you know? Like, I do, like, I'll run zero you know on if i need to you know hunter all the time right but if you like if you get a carp that straightens you out and takes off or you get hung up with zero x on you jam that tip section no questions asked yeah that's like really that's really the only time that i actually break them is when i jam a tip section that makes sense i mean the tip section is so small that i mean most rod breaks are the tip section and if it's not the tip section, you probably closed it in a car door or hit a tree. Dude, I uh, I broke my Amago third section from the bottom on a buffalo. Dang. Yeah. I was gar fishing, and it was before I started fishing Reuben stuff. And I had like this... So the, the flies I tie for gar, they look kind of like barracuda flies, only like in miniature. They're okay. Like, unweighted and they just have a little ep off the back and some you know really like dumbbell not even dumbbell eyes like chain bead eyes and i was sitting there and i was fishing for gar but it was windy so i couldn't see anything and i'm walking along the bank and all of a sudden i see like all these like buffalo they're just like sitting like head up in the surface just like sucking something off the top you know and i was like all right well what the hell so i shot it out there and just as it opened his mouth the fly dropped in and he just sucked it down his gullet and I set and this thing was massive, dude. It was like 20 pounds, like no questions asked. It was huge. And it just like jumped and did all this crazy stuff and it broke and I just muffled it. It, it had, I been patient, it probably wouldn't have broke, but I was just like, man, I just want this over. And I just like muscled it a little bit and just like folded on me. It happens to the best of us, right? I mean, we all get excited. For sure. You can't be afraid to lose flies or break rods, man. A hundred percent. If you're worried about either of those things, then fishing probably is not for you. It's not for you, no. So we've talked a little bit about uh, Tenkara fishing in your area. Let's talk a little bit more about it. You mentioned the drift list. You mentioned some warm water species. What? I mean, with where you're at right now, obviously, the warm water is a little bit more what you're doing. Is that right? 
Kind of. I mean, I'm going up. I'm going to the northeast corner. I'm going to the Driftless a bunch. I mean, I go up there probably three to four times a month. Um, it's a four-hour drive, and I spend a couple days up there. Um, the warm water stuff this time of year becomes a lot more about carp. A whole bunch about carp and rough fish. So, I mean, I, I fish about 200 days a year, give or take. So there's got to be some panfish pond days in there to just kind of like fill it out, which I highly recommend that people do, by the way. Like, man, you learn just as much playing, a, you know, playing an angry, you know, an angry crappie or an angry, angry blue, bluegill as you do playing a trout. And mm -hmm. I would argue that a nine inch bluegill fights three times harder than a nine inch trout all day long, twice on Sunday. Yep. So... And the nice thing about the pan fishing is, A, you get a chance to kind of test your skills a little bit, but you also, since they eat everything, you get to test your presentation methods. You can play around, you know, with different things. So, like, I don't think it's – anyway, yes. So, I'm doing a lot of warm water stuff. Sorry, I kind of digressed there a little You're bit. Um, I'm doing a lot of warm water stuff uh, close to home. It becomes a lot about carp. And then the driftless is, like – like the best ever, like hands down, far and away, the best trout fishing with the exception of like Wyoming and those like go to the middle of nowhere places where there's like 30 inch rainbows, just like swimming around, like wanting to eat like dry flies and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. but, but for like the little small stream stuff, man, the Driftless is fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, it's all spring Creek basically. So it's, it runs year round. It's clear pretty much all year round. Um, and it's just like, an, it's just an amazing fishery, man. Like it's just, the smallmouth fishing here is absurd. It's so good. So good. Which if you have, if any, if there's people who haven't targeted smallmouth with a 10 car rod, you are missing out. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I know I get asked a lot by people that are looking at Tenkara fishing because when people think Tenkara, they think trout for the most part. Sure. We've talked about several different species, uh, smallmouth, bluegill, obviously, um, carp. What are you doing that's different when you're targeting those warm water species than you're doing when you're targeting trout? Nothing different. <laughs> Nothing. Um I fish for smallmouth the exact same way I fish for trout. Only the fly is, or the kabari is slightly larger. So if you really wanted to stick to your guns and only fish Tenkara style with a kabari, just tie yourself up a couple of onis. Those big, massive, you know, sakasas that he ties that yeah. he threw. Um, they take it for a crayfish all day long. I'm using all the same principles. So all the same presentation techniques that you would use in advanced Tenkara, manipulating your fly, um, upstream presentation, all that stuff that you use, you use that in warm water. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. You can, I've caught everything that I catch with the exception of pike on a, on a Sakasa. Everything. And not small either. Like, you know. The only time I think it's different is when you're carp fishing because you can't make that much noise around carp. It's really just, you know, you're using the 10 car rod to get it accurately where you want it. And then it's a really great drag and drop tool as well because it's so long. 
And but man, I carp will eat Sakasa all day long, all day long. They love them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really do that much differently, you know. I mean, it's it's the same. It's the same as trout. It really is. Like trout are not that smart. Everyone thinks that they're like these like super amazing animals that like are intuitive and telepathic and like all they're really not what they are good at is sorting so all day long they sit there in the current and they go food not food food not food so that they're really good at but other than that man like they're not you know you're it's not rocket science yeah and that's one thing that i would say with trout is i mean people are like oh these these trout in this place they have a doctorate and it's because they're like I said they're really good at sorting they get so much pressure they've seen every fly come through mm-hmm. that unless your presentation those are the few times your presentation does matter in that situation sure, sure there's definitely times man where you where presentation matters but that's when you're sitting there banging your head up against the wall trying to fish at fish that are just they're all negative because they've been fished by everybody in this under the sun you yeah. just came to the pool. Some dude just was bombing cast at him five minutes before you came. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Of course, man. I mean, n- yes, that makes it difficult to fish for trout. But like, what I tell people with carp fishing is like, well, how do you carp fish? Well, the first thing you do before you even get a line wet is you learn how to identify feeding fish, which nobody does. No, they're always like, oh, it's so difficult. It's not. If you can find a fish that's feeding, you've tripled your chance. So I went out, yes, not yesterday. I don't remember. Whenever it was I posted about carp last. It's like three oh, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, three or four days ago. I saw, I caught, I, I got five fish to eat. I landed three. I saw, I kid you not, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fish. None of them were feeding. You know, and it's the same with trout. You know, you've done it. You walk upstream and you see these things zipping upstream or downstream or even casually going up or downstream. They're not eating. They're moving. They're going somewhere. Yep. That fish is not eating, you know. So I don't do a lot that's different, to be perfectly honest with you. I just, I just use all those techniques and adapt to whatever forage I think that is going to get it done for me. You know what I mean? And by forage, I mean not a specific fly. I mean, like, size, color, shade, profile. That's it. You know? So, what are the things you're looking for with carp specifically to tell if they're feeding or not? I know, I mean, everyone knows you're looking for trout and things like that. You're looking for the bubbles on the top of the water. You're looking for things like that. Mm -hmm. It's just slowly moving back and forth in the current. What are you looking for with carp and other species? Carp are way easier because they, they're very obvious when they eat. And I'm not blind casting for carp ever. So the first recommendation I say is find a place where they are and just go there and watch them. They do all sorts of stuff. They're super predatory. Like the commons are really predatory. Like I've been sitting on like mills and dams and stuff, and I'll see them herding bait fish up into the rocks and just like crushing them. You know, so what I'm looking for, obviously, is the tailing and the, you know, the rooting around and all that. 
um, a lot of times I, I target a lot of fish that are feeding on the surface, believe it or not, because they'll kind of come up in the surface film and just sort of like, just kind of like root around and feel around. And a lot of times that's when that fish is, because you've approached this fish that's all obviously looking up. So like, if that fish is still there, it's a pretty prime target. You can pretty much drag that fly across the surface and I almost like bump him in the face with it a lot of the times. I think the biggest thing is that you can't, a lot of people, they think you can cast directly to it and you can't ever almost very rarely. Right. Um, their feeding plate is, you know, their, their, their dinner, their feeding zone is about the size of a dinner plate and people think they need to hit that dinner plate. And that's not what you need to do. You need to cast beyond that, that dinner plate and you need to drag it back to that spot and let it settle in front of them. I mean, and they're, but they're moody too. I mean, like, dude, I've, I've had times where I put it like the other day, one of the ones I caught, I had a little, like a little kind of like wormy looking thing on and I cast it by it, past it. And the wind kicked up or something. And I went way, way beyond it. And I, dra- I was dragging back to try to like get in front of it real quick. Dude, nothing caught the flash of that, that fly out of the corner of its eye and turned on it and just like yoked it. Like just. You know what I mean? Like, I think people, they, they just, I, I think people do this a lot with, even with trout fishing, you know, and that's one of the things that Tenkara teaches that, you know, Western doesn't either, is it's move. Go. Three or four casts, you know, and then get out of there. Get out of that spot. Chill out now. Not a problem. All right. So, anyways, like, like I was saying, a lot of people are always asking, they're like, how are you catching more fish? And the easiest answer I can come up with is with Western fly fishing, if I see a hole that I know there's fish in 50 feet away, I'm going to cast to that hole. With Tenkara, you can't do that. So you're fishing all of the water leading up to that, which in turn is leading to you catching more fish. Absolutely. You're fishing more diligently, but you're also fishing faster because there's just stuff that you can't get to. So you have to move your feet, which is one of the things that I tell every guide client that I have, if they haven't been fishing more than a couple of years, is move your feet, man. Move your feet. Like, even in the same hole, move your feet. Yeah. You know, I teach the kind of the, the square, the fish in a square, and I can't remember who the guy is specifically that came up with it, but it's not my idea. Um, I saw it on uh, Discover Tenkara. If okay. you... It's it's in one of their things, and for anybody that's watching this that wants to really geek out on Tenkara, Paul and John are like the biggest Tenkara geeks like ever of all time. Like those guys are awesome. Um, they know a bunch. I have both. I have at least one of Paul's books, and he's super cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, just move your feet. Like move your feet. I cover more water because I move my feet more. I reapproach. I try different angles. I try different presentations. Because with the Western rod, you're always focused on what spot you can hit, right? Because you can vary fast. With a Tankara rod, there's really not that much variance in distance. I mean, it's only effective kind of to a certain, I mean, unless you change your line, right? Or your rod. Right. Um, so you, you then become, then you start switching up your presentation. You know, oh, you know, like, my, I would say probably my go-to, even before I dead drift a fly, 
you know, or Kabari is, you know, is pulsing it, is, you know, is kind of like just bouncing it downstream. And if that doesn't work, then I try dead drift. Um, if that doesn't work, I try upstream. If that doesn't work, I try to like push the fly deeper. Like, you, you know, you've got, you're, you're, you're targeting so many different areas of the water column that you're bound to bump into more fish. Yeah. You know? When you have an indicator rig on, man, which don't get me wrong, I love indicator fishing. I love watching that little bobber go down. It's super fun. And a lot of people do it and it's really effective. Um, but that presentation doesn't change. And moreover, even if you do animate that thing a little bit, it doesn't change its position in the water column at all. No, 100%. And that's that's what a lot of people don't realize is water current is going to put your fly where it's going to put your fly. I mean, right. if you if you throw on a super heavy fly, yeah, you can change that a little bit. But for the most part, your fly is going through the current where it's going through the current. Sure. But half the game is figuring out where to put the fly so that the current puts it where you want it. Mm-hmm. Like you've got that, you've got that, that stream behind you, that creek behind you. I mean, you know, there's seven different channels that I'm looking at right there. And you've got to put your fly, if you want to target that little riffle that's running over your, you know, your right shoulder, you've got to put that, you know, you can't put it next to the, to the beige rock you got to put it next to the black rock you know you know what i mean like exactly so the stream behind me um is actually i've caught fish from this lower corner over here all the way up through i mean there's not a section on this little piece of stream that i haven't caught a fish before it's like you said there's just so many different spots that you're looking when you're on the stream that a lot of people just walk past and they're not even glancing right because you can cast farther Mm -hmm. you you can cast farther so but with a tankara rod you got to pick that water apart and that's how competition anglers do it and that's why they're good because i mean that's where this euro thing it's not like a recreational well i mean it is recreational but it comes from competition angling right so like these guys they get points for how many fish they catch yeah oh they size it's about quantity exactly so they you know they they pick they pick the water apart and that's why tankar is so awesome because it allows you to do that yep. or just you know toss a couple you know toss some sakasa black sakasa in there and wait for some fish to eat it absolutely i mean simple flies catch fish complicated flies can catch fish but i catch more on simple flies than i catch on anything I think simple flies are more beautiful. I think, you know, I, I tie the gallop stuff every once in a while for friends and all that stuff. I think those are some of the ugliest flies ever. I do not fish a clouser mineral ever. Because I think it's an ugly fly. You know, it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It works. But I don't like to fish it because it's ugly. And I think I think the Sakasa are beautiful. And I think that they're elegant. And I think they catch fish. And, like... I don't think you need, I think you need size, profile, and color. Not a specific color, just a shade. And you're good. I agree with that. Um, then, I had something else that I was going to go to right after that. And I lost my spot on my paper. Oh, right there. Um, what is, for you, what does an ideal trip look like when you're going out with a tank car? 
Uh, it's not about size, quantity. Um, I want to be outside, obviously. I want to be in a place that's not this pretty in some way. It could be even in town. It doesn't matter. The water itself has to be pretty. And I just have to feel like I figured it out. That's all I care about. I don't care if I catch 100 fish. I don't care if I catch two fish. I don't care if I catch a giant fish or a bunch of little ones or whatever. I just have to go, okay, I figured out where the fish were sitting. And I figured out how to, to you know, I just figured I, I cracked the code. Yeah. You know? And for the Western guys, you know, it's, it's cracking the code with what, you know, they're eating a prince nymph and not a pheasant tail, you know, which is BS. But for me, it's just like, okay, I'm figuring out where they're sitting in the water column. I'm figuring out what type of water they're holding in. And yeah, that's that's the ideal. Oh, and coffee. There has to be streamside coffee. Like, they take your thermos out with you and you're ready to go. Oh, no, 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 no. I have a whole, so my coffee kit takes up more room than all of my fly fishing gear when I'm fishing 10 car combined. All right. Um, I have a stove and a, a press. It's titanium because I'm a super big nerd. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah, I love, I love, 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 love making streamside coffee. Okay. And it also forces you to slow down, which a lot yeah. of people don't either. So I don't care if you don't like coffee, make tea, have a snack, take a picture, you know, whatever it is you need to do, just slow down and enjoy it. It's not a race. I like that. Um, what do you, or what do you carry in your bag when you're going Pankara fishing? Obviously your coffee stuff. I carry my coffee stuff. I have one box of flies. I have two. So this is strictly ten car me by myself. Yeah. And it do right. Some days I go, I go, I tell myself I'm taking one rod, and I only what fits in my pockets, and that's it. Um, and I think there's a great appeal to that, and I think you learn a lot doing that. And it's usually a minimal fly box. I mean, I've gone out some days with like three flies, you know, three kabari, and just said like, hey, this is what I'm doing today. What can I learn? Um, which I highly recommend because having all the flies means you're going to fish all the flies. Our default is to change the fly if we have more to try. Um, but so I, so net, I just have like a crappy hand net that I use. Um, I will sometimes take two rods depending on how far I'm going. Uh, just because if I happen to break something, then I can just keep fishing. I'm just kind of right. jealous. Um, my coffee kit, I said one fly box, two tippet, nippers, um, also baby wipes, very, very, very important, not 10 car related, but in life, you should always have baby light wipes. Um, but yeah, it's not a lot of stuff. And like, I have a little bag of lines that I carry, carry with me too. Now, when I'm guiding, it's a whole nother thing, man. I've got like a backpack with a first aid kit and like, you know. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, you're, you, I mean, you know what it's like. It's your, yeah, your, your, my, my guide pack weighs like 15 to 20 pounds and I hate packing it around. Yes, yes. I have like the sweetest fish pond backpack ever. Like one of the old ridge lines that came with the chest strap already on it. And the day that I have to put that on is generally like not my favorite day. Yeah, I've got I've got my Allen chest pack that I wear 
when I normally go, but I've got an Allen backpack as well. And when I guide, that uh, chest pack has clips on it to where it'll clip straight onto the backpack. And when I do that, it's not a fun trip for me. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I love watching other people catch fish. Like, oh, yeah. And I enjoy it. I mean, it's a cool job, dude. I mean, we get paid to watch people fish, but like, mm-hmm. and help them fish. But I mean, for me, if I can go out with what's in my pockets, I've accomplished something. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, no. And I, I will specify as well. I'm not saying I don't like guiding. Obviously, I like it or I wouldn't do it. Right. But it's it's not pleasant to carry around all the extra weight when you go out. It's nope. just, like you said, it's nice to be able to just throw in what's in your pocket or just your little chest pouch or whatever and just call it a day. Right, right. Um, I had, I used to carry um, that, the Zimmer built, the, their, I think it's the guide light sling or whatever, the really, really minimal one. Okay. And that one was pretty cool, but it didn't have any structure to it. So like everything just kind of bounced around in there. And it like, I wish that thing had like two divider pockets and it would be like the greatest tank bag like ever made in the history of man. Um, but mainly I just use, yeah, like a, just a little sling with just that just minimal stuff in it, you know? Um, yeah. Wait. And then, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you feel like we should have talked about? That is such a good question. And I've been thinking about this all day today, and I thought of a million things that we should talk about that I totally don't think we talked about, and I can't even think of them off the top of my head at all. Of course, I put you on the spot. It just all floods out the side of your head. I'm, yeah, really pretty good, though, being on the spot, actually. And and for whatever reason, I think it's maybe your... your your incredible good looks that's really throwing me off. You know, every now and then I just got to put people in their place, right? I mean, it's a burden, isn't it? I mean, being, you know, um, I, you know, I think that I, if I could say anything, I would say, man, just like, don't listen to what other people say about Tenkara. I mean, I know we're all doing it, right? But like, I really think it's an individual experience. It really, really is. And I mean, I have a customer who I tie for, and she fishes soft plastics on her tank car. She has a Hellbender. Hi, Ellie, if you're watching. <laughs> um, and she has a blast, has an absolute blast. I tied the last time I tied for her. She's like, I have this this thing. It's called a Mighty Mite. It's basically like a little like a like a little crappie jig. And she's like, Can you tie me a fly that looks like that? And I was like, Absolutely. So I sent her like six or seven of them and she's crushing it, man. She's having fun, you know, just, that's awesome. yeah, man, like have fun with it. It's fishing. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, it's supposed to be fun. You know, I, like I get, I, so I used to work in the cycling industry and people would say they'd come in. The first thing they would say, I'm a big fat dude, by the way, in case you haven't ever seen a selfie of me, I'm a big giant dude. Right. I weigh like two fifty. Um, They'd come in and, you know, I was dressed in all the cycling gear. I mean, I got the nose ring and all the tattoos and, you know, all the stuff that says, hey, I'm a hipster cyclist. And the first thing they'd say to me if they were kind of like feeling a little intimidated was like, I'm not a cyclist. And I go, well, you ride a bike, right? Well, yeah, then you're a cyclist. And I think a lot of people think that about fly fishing in general and Tankara specifically, too, is, well, well, I'm not an angler. Well, if you're fishing, then you're an angler. Like, just go out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, 
learn from each other, have fun. And like, that's what really new school is about, man. It's like people being able to just like empower themselves to do whatever they want. I mean, it's, you know, so anyway. All right. Well, uh, last question for you. Where can people find you and follow your journey? Oh, that's easy. Uh, new school Tankara on Facebook, new school Tankara on Instagram. Um, you can come see me in the Driftless at Rod and Rivet Fly Shop on Water Street. Um, you can send me a message. I'm on TikTok too, but I, I think it's New School Tankara, maybe. But I have a I have a very I have a very controversial relationship with TikTok. I'm not sure. I'm I'm like 50. I'm, I'm I think I'm too old to use TikTok. Like I don't understand the algorithm. It's a lot of weird stuff. Um, yeah, just send me a message, man. And I encourage anybody, anytime, if you, if you have any question, if you just want to BS or you want to ask me about stuff, just message me. I mean, we've messaged each other. We've been messaging each other for what, like a year at least already? Yeah, at least. I mean, I, I don't even remember how long I've been on your new school page on Facebook, but I mean, We've messaged off and on through comments and stuff on there, and a couple times before that, even just through Facebook Messenger. So, yeah, if you have, if anybody has a way to contact me, then you should contact me that way if you want to. Like, don't, don't. People should not be intimidated about like you're gonna bug me or whatever. Like, ask me anything. I'm totally down. Like, that is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, this is all. That's what all this stuff is about. It's not. I can, I'd be happy the rest of my life to just sit and tie flies and take my pictures of them and show them to my wife because she says they're all really pu- really pretty, which is great, even though I know they're not. Um, so, like, I'm doing this, like, for other people. Like, I would like nothing better than to rally up with somebody, you know, who's locally getting into Tankara fishing or whatever. That's actually one of the things I do in my guiding is... If I take you out locally, like to where I am, I mean, the driftless and trout fishing is another is another deal. Yeah. But if I take you warm water fishing, any style, any angle, you, I charge you one time and that's it. Like, that's it. And then if you want to go fishing with me again, you hit me up. If I can go, I go. You know, I just want people to get on the water. That's why I do all of this. So. Well, all right. Well, perfect. Thank you very much for taking some time to talk with me today, Dre. And uh, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the Let's Talk Tenkara podcast. If you have any questions for myself or recommendations for the show, feel free to message me at or on my Instagram page at Let's Talk Tenkara, or you can shoot me over an email at Let's Talk Tenkara at gmail.com. And then we are still looking for people to fill in other states. Uh, thank you, Dre, for hitting Iowa for us. And uh, thank you to my previous two guests who hit Tennessee and as well as Pennsylvania. We've still got a lot of states to go before we're at 50, and some of the states are definitely going to be harder to hit than others, but I'm looking forward to being able to get in touch with you guys out there and share that information with the rest of the Tenkara world. So feel free to shoot me over an email if you're interested in uh, being on the show, or if you know someone that might be, shoot me over an email or a message, and we'll look forward to speaking with you. And until next time, thank you guys very much, and you have a great rest of your day. This has been the Let's Talk Tenkara Podcast, hosted by Brendan Harden. Special guest, Dre Fornacero. You can reach Dre on his Facebook or Instagram 
at New School Tenkara. You can reach out to us on Instagram at Let's Talk Tenkara or shoot us an email at Let's Talk Tenkara at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out with any suggestions or recommendations for future episodes. If you are interested in joining us for an episode, please shoot us a message. We'd love to chat. Thank you for tuning in, and tune in next time, and let's talk Tenkara, a Salt Lake Tenkara production.